You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency me up, man. in their you lives. Fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Sing it. Where'd you get that? Sing it. <laughs> Sing it. I'll give me some. I'll give me some. PT. PT. Good for you. Good for me. Brother, when I hear that and I go to Full Metal Jacket. the running's done. Oh, my God. How about this one? Do you remember this one? P. I N K Y <laughs> Pinky is kinky and so am I. Our cadence master would throw that one out. I guess because I was such a horrible runner, I could not get in step on that one. That one in Twitty Bird. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> the pinky one? Pinky one always threw it when it would oh, come out. Oh, that was my favorite but, one because uh, we had this one guy who's a very I like Captain sheet. Jack and fire it up. Oh, my. Oh, yep. my personal favorite, up from a sub 60 feet below. Oh, yeah. Scuba that... to the surface, <clears throat> now you're ready to go. K-bar grease gun by my side. These are the tools the commie dies by. Right? Right. Did you love that one, too? Did you guys even sing Cadence in your era? We absolutely did. No, yeah, yeah, come on. Of course. There's no way. What to... were they like? You have to. I what? am a millennial. I hate oh, everything, no. and I'm a fool. You're, you're so talking I to pick a fight. Where, where's the BB gun? <laughs> no, Marcus, no, I'm sorry. BB gun. I take it back. Do not shoot me I'm with the gun. I'm going to put a hole in that pink cowboy hat. Please, listen, the shit. pink cowboy hat was Next essential <laughs> in order for me to pay homage. One, one more, and he actually hands it to me. Oh, my goodness. Um, when you're rolling into the pit, you have to scream coming in. There's no way you can't do cadence. No, yeah. of course. And plus I'm the sure rollbacks. They still do it right there now. There is a constant cycle yeah. of guys that were in the program when we were in the program. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking about like Stokes. Um, he, what class is he? Five? I think five or six. There's a, there's a few of them. There's Sean, Tom Shea. Tom Shea did five hell weeks. Five? Five. I had him for an SQT and Stokes oh, yeah. Shea. You did? Yeah. yeah. Tom was... Well, apparently he made it through eventually. <laughs> Good guy. Tom's a hard man. dude, man. I don't know the guy. He's hard. I mean, personally. Listen, all my point is, is that when you sing <laughs> cadence, you get fired up. And who are those that have the greatest cadence? The United States Marine Corps. That's probably true. Hands down, man. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. Can we just do a couple minutes of it? Will be do you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. 
<laughs> now, Marcus, I Marcus, I want to ask you something. Did I mean, I, the first part of that movie, they could have literally turned the movie off right, right after that, that whole boot camp. And it would have been good. Pile! Zero Dark Thirty. Infantry. You made it, son. Arlie, have you met him yet? No. No. We should have him on. Oh, yeah, dude. I've I run into the gunny a couple times, man. And, he's a good dude, isn't he? Yeah, shot. And, uh, yeah. He, just like you think. <laughs> it's him, isn't it? Right? He ain't, it's not an act. Yeah, he was in a movie before that. Yeah. He, I, I didn't know that either. I watched it once I they, once I found that out. Something yeah. in hell, right? Yeah. That that was his breakout, though, for sure. And and mm. God bless that You know who's played a, a good drill instructor is, is Vince Vaughn in Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, that was good. I thought he did a pretty good job. Mm. That story is intense, man. <laughs> It was pretty sick. You got to imagine in your head, man, when it's, when it's going down like that and you got a guy who's saying he ain't going to grab a rifle. You, I mean, you don't know what a medic does for you. You don't, you don't have any idea what's Not going on. Not until you're out there. You're out there, right? Yeah. And, that, and that guy goes, hey, where are you been? <laughs> Those guys sit back like um, from Band of Brothers, not Theo. Um, that whole Bastogne one where, he, where it's all about uh, the medic. What was his name, man? He was. French Cajun. He was just sitting on that tree. It was real quiet. The snow at the Battle of the Bowls. That, that scene where he's leaning against that tree like this, man, with his eyes closed, and you can just hear the gunfire and the bombs dropping and everything but somebody screaming for a medic, dude. And he just got there with his eyes closed. And as soon as, medic, uh, eyes open up, dude. And he comes. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's why I wanted to be a medic for that right there, dude. You know? Yeah, you but know? the story of Desmond Doss and Hacksaw Ridge, I mean, that. That mindset, that mindset. I refuse. I refuse to carry a weapon into into combat. That's that's incredible. It's beyond incredible. incredible. It, it it's beyond incredible. It reminds me a little bit. I mean, this is not. I'm not making an equivalence here, but it reminds me of like <clears throat> Jeremy Courtney's attitude. Oh, totally. I'm talking to him I, now. Jeremy Courtney's not going into a live firefight. No, now, that's not. But true. he's going, putting himself in very dangerous situations. Right. No, but he's not walking into a literal fire. Oh, you're right. You're right, right. On purpose. You're right. You're right. But it makes me think of that mentality. I and bet he doesn't know derived that. Derived out of faith and that kind of belief. It's, that's incredible. Because he's, he's one street removed from, yeah, from the, fight, the fight. So there's gunfire fire going on. Knowingly and unknowingly going into it, I wonder how close or how similar that, that weight is. And you know that, that well, stomach. Well, you know what? It, 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 it's it's not the same as a firefight, but anybody who's, well... We have some experience in this being in places where you don't have any kind of backup None. coming for you, right? Zero zilch. And what it's like to be hanging it out there that far. <laughs> and that's similar to what he's doing, right? I think he that's doesn't he doesn't stupidity. have he doesn't have his buddies around him protecting him, you know, with overwhelming firepower, et cetera, et cetera. Right. right? I think that's one of the most that's powerful things about being the medic though, because you have that overlying sense of uh Man, I gotta if it if if it gets hurt, then I'm the one that has to take to step up. And there's that love for our our brothers, right? Yeah. And when you're standing there, man, there's that there's a gap that opens up in the gunfire to to that's all you see, right? You're Is looking your body for down. ABCs, right? Yep. And it kind of takes all the way because we've been taught to talk out loud, and you're just like everything just kind of it slows down and stops. Yeah, uh, it does. Sure. You can even. Yep. Well, listen. That kind of servitude, that kind of love for your down men, right? The reason why on a battlefield, 
whether it's on a real battlefield or it's in the battlefield of life, for us as veterans, when we see a down man, one of our brothers struggling, they've been hit by something, we innately want to shift our entire focus in our life to go plug their holes, to address their wounds. And our guest today, man, Mm -hmm. that's what his whole life is about now. And he is doing it in such a Mm -hmm. profound way that he has taken the battlefield perspective, right? And transitioned it over to civilian life. He has literally allowed himself to get rid of the bombs, the guns, the bullets, the desire for those things, and strictly focus on the beautiful aspect of the brotherhood, the servitude to get your brother back in the fight. And that's what Nick Kumulatos is all about. And so I'm telling you, man, I, I've been following this guy for a while now. And I, I was introduced through him through Nick Palmasiano from Ranger Up and, and, and also, you know, uh, Bert Sornin from Sornex is big, big uh, follower and fan and friend of his. Mm. And man, this guy, he's just got a profound outlook that, you know, <laughs> and what the coolest thing is when you, you see him, you know, he's got the long hair. He's got the badass <laughs> beard. He's all inked up, right, Marcus? And you're like, oh. dude. He's definitely uh, doing like the, the the Greek the three hundred. Oh, the, totally, <laughs> man. He's taking a lot of He's a Greek, bro. You know that dude's a Spartan, man. I mean, that's our that's our identity. Just like the uh, the Vietnam guys had, had had their identity. Eventually, we baseball caps, yeah. beards, yeah, and the khakis, and it just cut off sleeves. And then it's funny because the Marines could never do that, and, and they would always get in trouble when we'd get assigned to them, especially the younger Marines, because they stopped shaving. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, totally. They would their boots and stuff like that. And, and uh, well, bro, Marsock's a new thing, man. Well, remember when that came online? Oh yeah. And then you had those guys finally Dude, integrate. I, it. Bro, you don't remember that? I don't know if you remember because it would happen like '97, on it when 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 SOCOM was getting started up. They, uh, they, they were like, we're all special. Oh, dude, that's what there. the commandant yeah, yeah, of the Marine Corps <laughs> said. They went to him and said, hey, do you want to bring recon in to JSOC or to SOCOM? And we're creating this. And, and the commandant of the Marine Corps says, all my Marines are special. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marslock came online yep. back in uh, oh, uh, oh 04 or 05, I think. Yeah, right around there. And, and I love him because when you think about some of the, the hardest fighting guys in history, it's recon Marines, Marines in general, but mm-hmm. let me just back up a second. Hey, welcome to the TAQ podcast. All right. If this is your first time listening, man, stand by because have we got an incredible show for you. Now, what you got to understand is the wizard Marcus and I, our mission in life is to serve you, to provide you with the, the ammunition to get out into the combat of life get dialed in, take a beat on the negative insurgency and fire away with the never quit mindset. And that's why we have guests like Nick that come on, man, because we want to share with you the right training, the, the proper training to get you into the mindset so you can get in the fight, my man. That's why we do it. If you're back for more, if you can't get enough, 
We love you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Marcus, do you have any idea how many downloads we have right now, brother? Yeah, I was tossing that number around the other day, man. It's like 2.7, bro. That's awesome, man. 2.7 million downloads. All right? This is insane. I never in my wildest dream when we said, hey, let's do this thing, did I believe we were going to be here this fast, man? Mm. You know? And we are. And it's not because of us. It's because of our guests. And it's because of our listeners. You are paying attention. And it is making a difference in your life. Hell, man, we just got an email in, right? There's a, a professor in Georgia who is integrating our show, Marcus, into their curriculum. How about that? Everyone pay attention because this is how you do not want to turn out later in life. (laughs) What are you talking about? Millennials now all wish their bodies were cautionary. Beat to hell and and been drugged through the mud. But if if you got the moxie for it, it's one hell of a ride. It's actually a medical course of what happens to you after traumatic brain injury. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Wait, he didn't say that. These are the existential effects. I didn't read all. Maybe we need to go. We need to go Green survey his class surreptitiously. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? If we showed up in his class, we we wouldn't stand out at all. Like track him. What do you mean we wouldn't stand out? <laughs> I'd wear that pink hat again and get in one of my speedos <laughs> or your speedos. I don't know if I have any, man. I didn't. I have. Man, when she pulled that out, I couldn't believe. You know, he had the dolphin thing written on the side. <laughs> I got some. I got some silkies still uh, around somewhere. Do you? Sure. Oh yeah. Well, silkies are cool. Speedos aren't cool. Morgan so. wears the mess out of those. Those ranger Silk- panties. Yeah. Oh, bro, there's some killer ones out there. Yeah, dude. he swears by them, man. And if sometimes I- he'll go running in them. You know what I find? And the best part is when he's running in them, and I, we live out in the sticks <laughs> in the country, right, man? When when you know when people guys drive in by the trucks. With, yeah, the guys in the trucks drive by and whistle at him. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that big don't old you? white leg. Yeah, oh. just... Wait, he's running the Leadville is right now today? as we speak. He kicked it off. 4 a.m. Oh. Brother is out. Bless you, Morgan. Josh. Yeah. Mr. Joshua McGee. Give him a text. Tell him we're talking about him. We love him and yeah, keep man. on going. Never quit, bro. 100 mile race. In the Colorado Rockies. For a belt buckle. Oh, my God. God bless you, all those That's who awesome. do it, man. Next year's mine. You want to do it with me next year, dude? Or at least you want to you wanna, uh, pace me for a little bit? Yes. All right, done. Marcus, you going to pace me for like a mile when no. I come in? No. Will you be out I mean, there? You see, I'm not there with my brother right now. You want to ride true. a dirt bike next <laughs> I mean, year? That's the greatest part. This is funny. Morgan's like, hey, are you going to be? I'm like, no. And it's kind of like, man, I, I don't like to run at all. Like, I don't even want to be around I know you it. do, so you basically want me to watch you run for 100 miles? <laughs> I'm going to follow you watching you run for 100 miles, and you know how much I do not like to run. <laughs> I just didn't roll. I, I mean, I, I love got you, podcast. <laughs> I got to do my podcast. I'm a professional, damn it. <laughs> I felt bad. You know, I I'm committed. But I mean, he's got Joshua and, and McGee. Yeah, they're out there getting them done. All right. Hey, Wizard, would you please give us a little brief back on Nick and let our listeners know what a badass he is? Absolutely. So, Nick Comolatos. 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 Como, como, comolatos. We practiced, practiced that name for like I 10 minutes it. before I, we came Bro, home. do you know how hard Greek is? You know I butcher everything. I had to work on that one myself. Comolatos. Nick Comolatos. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Joins the Marine Corps at 19. 
apparently had some trouble when he was when he was getting in. Maybe we'll we'll talk about that. Not sure where his never quit story is going to go. Twelve years in the Marine Corps. Um, a good portion of that was with Marsoc when he was there. Got out in I believe around 2011, 12, somewhere in that some of that area. After that, he started some uh, some various projects. The biggest of which we've already referenced is the Raider Project. He's the director. It's a nonprofit supporting Marines in their transition into God the private you. sector. They uh, they describe this. I'm just going to read this part right here. Facilitate a peaceful, successful transition from active military service to a civilian life filled with hope and purpose. We want to connect with Marsoc and USMC combat veterans to help them transition smoothly, peacefully, and successfully into the private sector. They do seminars, retreats, one-on-one mentoring. They a whole lot of things in order to support these guys. Fantastic organization. On top of that, he's got uh, a few companies on his own. Uh, Survival Tactical Systems. Awesome. Right, smoke which check. does right does a uh, some smoke ev- check. events called smoke check as well as they do weapons training. Um, Robin Hood Pictures is another. It's a media company. They they do videos, um, bringing like stories of veterans, real world stories through that medium. Brand new, well, dude. This is going to be the great part about it because it starts with that. That's our bread and butter. But the the imagination and humor that comes out of the uh, the, the military mind. <clears throat> Range fifteen. That's all I gotta say. Right. Nick and Matt's movie. You were in it. I love it. It'll be interesting to watch that kind of that dynamic unfold. Like we said, because uh, oh, I don't know what it was how fast they make a movie. Well, bro, remember you, uh, Nick and Matt and the gang. They were they were shooting. I guess regular Hollywood features they do four pages a day. They were shooting nine mm. to thirteen pages a day, bro. And 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 you know what the and this is a beautiful thing. Not to I mm. gotta digress because. I need to give props where prop is, is due. There's a fo- phenomenal uh, documentary by Tim O'Donnell called This Is Not a War Story that describes the making and why they made Range 15. And the beautiful thing is it's been this massive in for inspiration for all other creative uh, vets that are out there. And a lot of vets have a lot of creativity. But what it proved is that if you have a dream and you have an idea, if you just bust your ass, you can bring it to fruition, mm. man. What a what a, a phenomenal story, right? This guy, Nick, this Marsoc guy, multiple combat tours, man, has taken his existence in life, transitioned it now to be, his focus is to help veterans, to create positive content for people to consume, to share with them these incredible life experiences and philosophy. That's, that's what this guy does. So what do you say, wizard, Marcus? Let's get Nick Kumalatos, Kumalatos, Kumalatos on air with us right now. Let's do it. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. You knew I was going to start out with that. I know you did. I knew I did it with Kyle Carpenter. I'm going to do it with every Marine we have that comes on because I'm so proud. Yeah, I heard you proud. framing it up this morning. I could hear it for a while. Well, in. you heard it as you were coming up those stairs, man. I'm <laughs> blasting it on, on the internet here because when you hear that, man, you start to understand the heritage, the lineage of the first war fighters of our country, the people that got in the trenches in Tripoli back in the 1700s hundreds brother that's hard as nails yeah they do a great job of keeping that that lineage going 
and and you know what I love most? Once Marine, always Marine. Once Marine, always Marine. What I love most about Marines and the guys that I've worked with, from Marsock, the guys, the recon guys, one of my best friends is a recon Marine, and and is just their sense of servitude, right? Living in at a higher plane of service. And what I love so much about Nick is he has continued that servitude in a deep way. And his life is about sharing that with everybody else out there to take these experience and drive them into the souls of others so that they too can live life to the fullest, man. That is service right there. That is Semper Fi Dallas, brother. You know what I'm saying, Marcus? Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to bring Nick on. Nick, welcome to the TNQ podcast, brother. We are so fired up you're here with us. I think I'm going to have to have that recorded and then play that every time as my alarm when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's, that's what I've heard on that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> right? No kidding, man. As someone who lives with that, I don't advise. <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool, wizard. Oh, it sounds like a real good idea right hey, now. Hey, Nick, <laughs> it's like this. This isn't. Like, he had to calm down to explain kind of what we were going to do beforehand. Remember that? It's like this all the time, <laughs> and, and it does wear on people a little bit for sure. Like, oh, it's but, they, they all need it. <laughs> right? yeah. That's well, what I, I believe. I'm lucky, man. I'm one of those guys. I'll add. You just got to drop me in the middle of whatever's going on, and I'll, I'll, it doesn't. I'll fire it up. So he. <laughs> Yeah, he, good to go, man. Awesome. That's the, that's the Texan in you. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, totally is. It totally is. All right. All right, Nick. Well, again, man, we're so super fired up you're here. But we before we can even get started, brother, before we can even get into the nitty gritty of your greatest never quit story, we must first warm up, bro. Remember those three meter, five meter drills, right? From the holster before you go in. Little house. I remember the house test, the three by five card they'd put on there, dude. Mm -hmm. I love those. Get warmed up. That muscle memory, kick it out. That's what we're about ready to do right now with you, brother. And what we, we call it the mad minute. We are going to get fired up. We are going to exercise our prefrontal cortex. We're going to do that three to five meter range, and we are going to start pinging steel with your neuro capacity. Are you prepared? Ready. Ready <laughs> right. and waiting. That's all the right, only answer right. you can throw out. I mean, you get, if, you, if you try to keep up with everything that just came at you, just say, yeah, let's roll. <laughs> That's, all right, all That's all you got. Go, fire Go. away. All right, brother. Who was favorite superhero? Batman. Nice. Why? Because he's rich. No, <laughs> because, he's human. <laughs> because he's human, and he's a, he applied himself. So Bruce Wayne applied himself. He was perseverance through adversity mm. at its best. I did a great job of kind of throwing it. the rich that. kid who poor kids don't have their dad. He lost his family. You know, they they, they assimilated him kind of into everything. The orphan, then the billionaire, and then the, the Batman. Losses, yeah, loss, man. man. That's it. Yep. Yeah. All right, wizard. All right, if you were forced to tattoo something on your forehead, but we're actually given the choice to choose what it is, what would it be? Face tats right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you thought this would be easy? Dude, you know who just got a face tat recently that's been on? It's oh. Derek. 
Derek got no. one. Oh yeah, dude. What? Couldn't believe that. You, yeah, you he got this huge Norseman thing on his forehead like Mike Tyson. Well, it's better than Mike Tyson's. Sorry, Derek. I didn't mean to offend you, but I, I'm, I'm digging him. I'm actually considering it now. Dude, he probably <laughs> just got done watching all the episodes of Vikings. <laughs> Poor guy. It was totally drinking. It was. Yeah. It was a dare. You know, Matt called him up and said, hey, Derek, I bet you won't get a face tat. All right. Sorry, Nick. What's your answer, brother? So I would I'd have to go with the same thing, man. I'd have to look at it would have to be some sort of aquatic symbol and some sort of thing that blends into who I am. And I, I wouldn't go with like a word or, a you know, a quote or, you know, punch here or anything like that. <laughs> would, I'd have to go with something that's that means something to me. We had Dana White on yesterday and, and when we were recording and, and he said he'd get F you across his forehead, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's not that's not. Uh, That's not the thought out introspective <laughs> approach at all. Not really my wheelhouse or my speed either. <laughs> try, try to let all, all that hate go a long time ago. Right, right, dude, right, exactly. I'm, all right, I'm, it's my turn, okay, bro. Yeah, it's away. my turn. All right, if you had to fight one, who would it be? Sylvester Stallone, Rambo two, or actually Rambo three. When, when was he in Afghanistan? Rambo 3, right? Ra yeah, right. yeah, Rambo 3 or Sylvester's or Arnold Schwarzenegger Commando. Mm. I'm going to have to go with uh, Arnie and Commando. Oh, why? He's so big. He's so big. And I see that as. He I is huge, man. He does look huge in that movie, right? <laughs> he was the TV big. Ads. And, I, and like big dudes fall. Like. You know, and they don't they don't move that fast. So I might have like a an advantage mm. of being able to move quickly and get around him and take out some knees and you know get him to fall. I like Sly. That. Sly is compact and powerful, man. He took yeah, out a like helicopter. Got exploding arrows. Yeah, <laughs> remember when Arnie and Commando was throwing the damn saw blades? He's in that shed. He's like, "What do I got here?" And here's saw blades. Chops the dude's head off. Of course, he knows how to do that. <laughs> All right, go. All right, man. What was the last thing that happened to you that you were glad no one saw? I love this question. Oh, man. The problem is when I mess up, everybody sees. <laughs> yeah, normally, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Great part about it. Last thing that I did. Oh. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other day, I was in the shower and I had this weird feeling, and all of a sudden, there it was in the bottom of the shower. Diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Boom. <laughs> That's not something you typically want people to see. Nope. Shit yourself. Glad yeah. that got hidden. Yeah, no, um, Melly was doing up one of her potions. It was uh, for a for the foot, for right. whatever it was, man. Right. But it was in the bowl that she does the icing for the cakes a lot of times. And I was doing the dishes, man. There was a little bit of white. Frosting in the bottom of that Don't thing, tell and me I that. laughed it up with my finger before I put it in the sink and put it in my mouth, and immediately could taste the the lemon and then whatever numbing pain. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Lanolin. <laughs> the lanolin. <laughs> and she comes bebopping in, man. I try not to get upset or anything. I was like, babe, babe, you, you, did you just? Is this foot cream? Because <laughs> the the brownies and stuff are right over here. I was like, are you kidding me, man? She started laughing. So then I, you know, you can't. Get mad when they're laughing oh, yeah. at you. Hell, I, yeah. I, I was, 
That'll my my one. favorite diarrhea stories are from uh, Southeast Asia, dude. I'll never oh. forget. We were on. We were in Thailand, and my AOIC Landry, I love you, buddy. He we you know we had partook the night before, and so when we're training the their seals the next day, he gets hit with the double whammy, right? So I'm looking around. I'm like, and someone comes. They're like, hey, run. Huh? Out, out there, it's so sudden. It, there's no warning whatsoever. It just Bam. happens. And I, so all of a sudden, some come, uh, this guy, Double G, comes up and goes, hey, hey, Rut, man, Landry's in the bathroom. You got to go check on him. So I go in, and, and it's their bathrooms, right? Just the holes on the ground, you know, very <laughs> sanitary, right? And there he is in the fetal position, <laughs> pants, camis down by his ankles, <laughs> You know, shaking his, his BDU unbuttoned, and there's right out the back, there's a whole stream, and out the front, he's puking too. <laughs> Brother, I had to, I nursed him back to health with the worst concoction I ever built my whole life, dude. But the, we hammered the snot out of him for days, dude. Tell me you got hammered for the, your shower episode. Uh, I only told a couple people, so now uh, you know thousands of people. That's know. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. In Afghanistan, we were we were way out at this fob, and and we had somebody had gotten steak out there, and we had we had the the paper plates that aren't really paper. Yeah. And they put it on. I had it, and I was just trying to find a rock to sit down. The the plate bent, steak hit the ground, <laughs> and you ate it. Of course, I picked that thing up, man. I was first decent meal you had in weeks, man. And brother, I I never had it. I'm never, you know, I'm the medic too. I've seen guys like, hey, suck it up. You know, I mean, through my sleeping bag. <laughs> and I, you, you, I couldn't even, you, you had no idea when it was coming. Cause I even stopped eating and drinking and it was still, and I was like, and, and, and the guys, we were sleeping on the ground, obviously. And like, man, you got to get the hell out of it. We were in one of the B huts. Yeah. You, know, yeah, like, yeah. you got you to yeah. get out of here, man. And the, <laughs> the Humvee ride back to the to base was eight hours. Every time we hit a bump, I'd, I'd hit it. Uh, <laughs> I literally, I swear, hand to God, I was praying for us to get into a tick just so I could roll out onto the ground <laughs> and, and just lay there. Uh, hand, hand to God, I was, riding, I was riding shotgun. I was like, please, something. I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but uh, I mean, <laughs> for, for days, dude. I was, um, oh, no, there's a picture of it. Somebody he snatched one. They wanted to do a group picture, yeah. and I had just come down from the hole from the crapper with <laughs> my hair. And I was like, I mean, white is this paper, dude? Oh, and it was, God. you know, everyone had tans and it was sun. Honest, Nick, we really don't spend this much time on defecating <laughs> oh, normally, I'm sorry, but man. we feel a certain comfortability. That what team guys in a room? It's either you're talking about sex or defecating on yourself. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wizard, fire away, dude. I'm gonna. Because hey, you can just see the look on dudes' faces that have been into that real, you know, dysentery. Oh, it's, it's, you, know, we it's always, you know what we always say though. Like our our team, you know, somebody gets it, and we're like, bro, well, at least in four days you'll look ripped. Yeah, <laughs> you're shredded. Right. You're going to be shredded. Oh, shredded dude. Best diet on the planet, bro. <laughs> Best diet. You want to get dialed in, man. Baby dysentery. I'll hook you right up. I was at my Afghanistan story with that is I was in a village and we were doing, a, you know, I was working with some uh, village elders 
you know how you go into the hut and they lay out the they roll out the the thing and then you throw all the food on the ground and they throw all the non out right and all the you know our dudes are you know our our surrogate forces are running around passing out the bread and they're walking up and down the thing right in front of me man this guy big old stanky afghan foot right on my bread yeah. like just steps <laughs> right on it steps off you know in that environment you're like fuck it you know what I mean? like, like What's um, whatever? What's the worst can that can happen, me. right? It's some of that toe cheese down there for you. <laughs> but we rode bikes up. We was probably about an hour ride back to back to our little fob we were staying, and and about an hour and a half, same thing. That same like, uh, uh, I was like, God, my forehead started sweating. I was like, guys, I don't feel right. And then I went to a dark hole for four days. The ah. only person that would check on me was our Sark, and he would open the door, and he'd be like, who's actually a, still at First Raider Battalion, and he opened the door, he'd like, you good, bro? Need some fluids? Okay, I'll check on you in about an hour, and he's just like, like a crap. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the smelling salts thing jammed yeah, up his dude. nostrils. <laughs> still breathing, bro? All right, get the old school compass mirror. Hey, dog, <laughs> man, I got <laughs> get in there. Oh, hey, dude. Get in there, buddy. You'll, yeah, you'll, got be... You. you'll be fine. All right, wizard. Let's let's give him a couple more and then get into this. Oh my god! All right, let's, let's do the let's monkey get... one. Do the monkey one, please. Oh, it's getting old. Oh, please, Nick would be perfect for the monkey one, dude. All right, Nick. Would you rather be hogtied? and locked in a closet for 30 minutes with A, five water moccasins, or a chimpanzee with a grenade and a hyperactive sense of curiosity. I'm going to have to go with a chimpanzee. Dude, why? Yeah, why? Fuck snakes, man. (laughs) (laughs) And they freak me out, too, man. I I always got to for snakes, man. I'm... I don't have to be a tough guy anymore. And um, <laughs> do you remember Indiana Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough guy, right? Toughest. Snakes. Hated snakes. Hated snakes. Water moccasins, are those are some evil creatures, man. They yeah. will mess you they up. They really are. Yeah, they're the one. We, we have them out here. And when these guys come, like, hey, there's one out here that's actually pretty aggressive. All right. And <laughs> I didn't even know this till the beginning of last summer that – the water moccasins are actually mambas. I, you know, I had no idea. It's just they call it a water mamba, and we call them water moccasins in Texas and Florida. Really? Or, yeah. Oh, cotton didn't mouth. Know that. Whatever, man. Dropping some knowledge. I All love right. it, sir. All right, Marcus, fire the last one at him. All right, brother. Did did Oswald act alone? I don't think so. My personal nice. opinion. Yeah, man, for some reason, me neither, right? Like, the gut check, looking at the, how it all oh, played bro, out. Oh, bro, that's a badass op, dude. I saw JFK, man. That fits me. Yeah, the thing is, is, I don't think that he had the intelligence planning ability and the operations planning ability to pull that off. Now, could he pull the shot off? Sure. But the actual op planning, and you guys know as much, that's more important than anything else. There's there's no way you even get in the building unless you've looked at everything and every possibility and angle and everything, right? Yep. So, out study, everything that has to go Everything, bro. Everything. 
So good answer. Awesome. That is the mad 25 minutes. All right. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Some of the best answers we've had by far. All right. But the reason why our listeners come here uh, is to find some help, to find something that's going to give them that spark in in their gut, something that's going to help them overcome adversity and, and oh, you know, hurdle the obstacles that are beating on them every day in the combat of life. So, brother, you know, please, if you could share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories. So I gave this a lot of thought. I was talking to my girlfriend about it. And honestly, it's like my whole life has been a never quit story from the time I was a little kid. You know, there's just been one adversity that I've had to overcome after another and all the way to joining the Marine Corps. And then once I joined the Marine Corps, it was like, oh, everything was, you know, everything they put in front of you is adversity. And not only that, but just life had happened. Like I got hurt in boot camp. Mm-hmm. So training day seven, boom, broke my wrist. That sucks. And it took me two and a half years to get in. I was two time convicted felon. I had drug charges. I had gang involvement. I had, I, I had a GED, so I had to go to college to get in. And, like, all I wanted to do was be a Marine, but they said no. So it took me two and a half years to get in, and then the seventh day I'm there, I break my wrist. Oh. <laughs> so, and, that's, and that story's been told. So there's only one, you know, there's, there's, well, there's a, lot, a couple stories that haven't been told. But I'm going to talk about one that really changed me for the better. Awesome. And one that... You know, you talked, we talked, we spoke earlier about the positivity and like, if anybody ever looks at me or sees any of my stuff or puts out my message, like I will never, I am not one of those veterans that will go on social media and talk bad about people or, you know, complain about something or, you know, anything, because I feel like there's enough bad in the world already. Amen. And people don't need that. People don't need more bad. Bad stuff happens. Everybody has stuff. Everybody personally has bad stuff happening to them. Life is hard. It just is, you know, but it doesn't have to be bad. Life can be really good if you'll let it. Right. Right. So. And, uh, you know, life's an experience. So this one of the, this incident that happened to me and that will happen to us, but it, it affected me was you guys called the nonprofit. This is the first time I've actually talked about this ever. I, I, own, I, own a non, I run a nonprofit that's a it's a under uh, gallant few. You guys are familiar with Gallant Fuel, yep. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we run a program under, under Gallant Fuel called the Raider Project. And, and real quick, how that started was, um, you know, obviously I didn't know anything. I, I got, I left, I left the Marine Corps. I was very angry, um, like most operators do when they leave. They're bitter and angry. Yep. Um, and and typically, what that means is really you're just burnt out. You're not bitter and angry. You're burnt out. You've deployed way too much, and you know your life's in shambles. And you've got a lot of personal mm-hmm. stuff you need to deal with. So I contracted and then some guys from my team started coming to me saying, hey, I need help. Like I need I don't getting out. I've been in 13 years. I'm a grown adult. I don't know what to do. So, you know, we started my buddy Josh Hansberg and a couple other of us started working together. And we, you know, we met I met Carl Munger from Gallant Few. And he said, look, what you're doing is humanitarian service. You're doing veteran service work. You needed you need to have some infrastructure built so that you can scale this and help more of your brethren. Cool. So we did. Hmm. So we did, and it took off. And we really, and and that is really when I started to own my own shit. And because I was working in this organization, 
and and work and get re, getting reconnected to, to my community because when I left, man, I was so bitter. I was like, I don't want to know anybody. Right. I don't want to know Marine. Don't <laughs> fucking talk to me. Don't you know what I mean? Like I you like I'm out. Like I'm gonna go make money and fuck all you guys. I own friends, and there's for nothing, no reason other than I was just bitter and angry. So mm. this started to take, and we started to mm. really do, and guys started. To, I mean, we just saw. We just started to figure out a recipe for success on rehabilitating special operations guys and making them successful at life, right? Right. So, in um, I believe it was April of 2016, we came. Is that right? Yeah, April of 2016, <laughs> we came under. That's boss in the background. I did the same thing that, all the time, dude. too. Hold on, wait a second. Hey, hey hold on. on. Yeah, oh, yeah, I got to check my TBI. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we came under heavily, heavy public fire on, you know, on social media and everything, saying, making all kinds of allegations, all of it 100% false. Um, making allegations against our organization, making allegations against, against myself, and it damn near ruined uh, the organization, and it also ruined about three years of networking and business work that I had done on myself. Oh, and we're wow. talking on the for-profit side. Wow! So, you know your livelihood, uh, everything, and and here's what's really, and I was. I'm furious. I'm like, here I am just trying to help people. Like, I'm not, we're not gaining anything from this. Like, we're just wanting to help people. And I'm like, fuck this. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point of trying to help people if you're, if the people you're, you know, you're going to help, everybody just slaps you right in the face. It's crazy. And mm. at the same time, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm going to go back to making $1,500 a day. Like, this, this is not doing anything for me. I can go make $1,500 a day easy and nobody bothers me. Yep. Or I can be broke all the time, have a hard life, and try to help help you fuckers and and, and get shit for it all the time. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm, I'm 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 pissed. I'm like, this is horseshit. I'm done. I'm 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 like slipping back into like where I was before. The default. Now here's what's really sad, is at the same time we were going through that, we got hit with some of the biggest veteran cases that we've ever worked on. So wow. I'm literally on the phone defending myself, and at the same time, I'm getting calls about you know suicide attempts and people having you know shooting guns in their home with their kids in the in the house and stuff, and you know it's really really and and this is you know and I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but this is the this That's is the, truth. the world we live in. This is the truth. You guys know that more than anybody. Yep. Right, and you've probably been through it yourself, just as I have. So uh, here I am, like. You know, things are falling apart on one hand, and on the other hand, there's guys in need, and I want to quit. I'm like, this is can't stupid. Quit. And I'm like, literally on the phone, and I and I'll never forget. I literally was like, I told Ali, I said, "Fuck it, I'm done. I, I'm over this. I'm done." And not, I would not, not even ten minutes later, I got a call because of a veteran situation that was in dire need. And you know what I did? I picked up the phone. I didn't skip a beat and got right to work. Amen. And I kept we and, and that and I kept wanting to quit and I kept wanting to, to I kept wanting to hang it up. And then 
but I, I was, you know, you ever been on a run? I'm not a runner. I'm <laughs> Neither is Marcus. <laughs> He's the worst runner that we've ever had. Called Anchorman. It's amazing that I got Bring it in last. Because like, I fucking hate running. I was <laughs> never fast. I mean, I I was faster than you know the, the average. But you know, in our community, where dudes are just like bullets. Right? <laughs> I hate and them. I hate them. I hate them too. <laughs> so it's like one of those things you're on the run, you know, and you're like, okay, at that, at that telephone pole, I'm going to slow down or I'm going to take a break. You know what I mean? Or at that tell, and that's where I was at. I was like, okay, I'm going to get to this level and then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm going to, I'm going to help this one more guy and then I'm going to tap out. And, um, what hap- what, what I realized was there, there is just, there's just no tapping out. If I no. it, Everything in my life where I had gotten to and everything, every piece of, and I've got millions of stories of, per, my whole thing is perseverance through adversity. Like that is like the, I feel like that's a staple of my personal brand is perseverance through adversity. Amen. And I continued through that entire time to push positivity. And that I felt is what, and, and having a conversation with Carl Munger about it, I think that I had, I had something already right and you've got something you have an idea but test you until you've tested that metal and the reason why i use this story is because this is the world that i live in now i'm out i don't have to be a tough guy i don't need to go fight the, the bad guy anymore you know that's this is the this is the battle that i'm in now and until you've had your metal tested you really don't know you, you almost don't believe your own your own press <laughs> now i believe mm. it I believe in the power of positivity. I believe that you just have to keep pushing. And when everything is dark and everything seems horrible, there's light and you've got to find it and you've got to push for it. You got to keep working for it. Man, that and fires you know, me up. I, I, Nick, I can't even listen. We, we, perse- we persevered. And then guess what? In, uh, in two weeks, we're taking 30 almost 30 veterans and special operation uh, operations veterans to a uh, to new river gorge do a climbing trip right after that we're going to colorado to do a retreat and we're going to have all the usual characters out there providing support and um you know we just we keep tracking along we keep we just don't quit and we Pick- keep moving and everything picked back up and you know and you made good. it through and you made it through and and the beautiful thing that i love when you talk about it is is you know you talk about you know, this, this perseverance through adversity, you talk about that vet who gets on the phone with you and you hear that voice. And I know everybody in this room has heard that voice on the other line. Hell, that was my voice for almost four years to dudes. And when you say to them, Hey bro, come on, find just one positive thing in your, in your life right now. And what I do, what I preach, man, my thing is find one person that you know, their love for you is true, that you don't doubt it, that you don't want from it. You don't. And then that little spark gets them going, man. Can you, can you describe the, the, the conversations that you like to have with these people when, when, when our, our brothers and sisters, and when you're, when you're engaged, what are the, some of the things that you focus on letting them know? So the, um, so the first thing I, we obviously you want to find out what they think the problem is. And this is what I do. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Let me, let me, and, and I'll tell them a lot about me. I'm like, here, let me tell you about me so that I break any ice that like, 
oh, you don't want to feel you don't you want to feel uncomfortable about sharing something. Well, let me let me share some dark, dirty secrets for, of me. And then they go, oh, shit. OK, well, yeah, I can share, you know, whatever is going on. Trust. And then I say, what are you I'm like, what are you doing? Like you have this problem. You're depressed. Well, what are you doing? Well, nothing. OK, Marine, you got a problem. <laughs> and you're doing nothing about it. You think that's going to solve the problem? So when right. I and when I first when I first started this, I I was like the like the you know like oh buddy you'll be okay everything will be you know everything will be all right you know rubbing their back and everything. <laughs> it's not the way we operate. We kind of have to have a boot in the hmm. ass and say okay, oh. what your situation sucks. I validate that your situation sucks, but sitting on the couch and not PTing and not going outside is going to do jack and shit for your problem. Oh, we, we talked about that. Yep. Simple just, hard truth. Right. We Marcus, we talked about that the other night, right? Where you, you, you have people all of a sudden and, and you, you're, you're not sure how to help initially. Well, you got to remember what you're dealing with. You sign up, we go in and then you're not the civilian anymore. You've been trained for a certain purpose and, and qualified for it. And then we, you know, you get over there, you get into it, you come back. And then you got people telling you the opposite. Like, hey, you, you got a problem, man. You probably messed up because they're kind of like, I don't feel messed up. Well, then, then that's denial. Well, you know, then, you know, like, well, have you been going? I don't know this one time. Like, do you go out to the clubs anymore? I'm like, hey, you know, I was older. I'm like, nah, you know, not really. Well, that's, you know, if you're it's isolationist. Agoraphobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to throw something at me. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have that. Well, now you get a little angry. I was like, because you're pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're back around your boys, like I didn't, that was the best part is right. I got to the hospital. I got shipped back to the team and I, I didn't, you know, it was never in my head that, or even the guys, they didn't treat me like that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Our guys just bag on us. It makes you stronger. I needed that, right? right. I, I didn't need to that be That was coddled. the health. I, exactly. Yeah. Warfighter. I mean, and if you got that warfighter mentality, you need to stay on that. And that's what they did with me. So, Nick, once you identify what their problem is because you've established the rapport, the trust, what do you do next? Because you see there's, what, 48,000 veterans charities out there. Everybody's got this way to... You know, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and behavioral this, and all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So, what do yeah. you do? So, have you come across my seven stages of transition? I, I, it's one of my favorite videos you have. I, I'm, I mean, I've watched that. I don't even know how many times. It's awesome. But can you describe it? Yeah. So we just did. We just did our second year of uh, the Raider Party Transition Seminar, and I, I doubled the speech because after I went through some stuff, what we just discussed. I saw some other things to add to it. So I just, there's another one. It's an hour long. I think it's 10 times better um, because I feel like I'm now more living it on the other side of it than I was before. Right. And um, so, you know, you go through the seven stages of transition and then when we get to the come out, like, okay, well now there's, you have a problem, right? Well, okay. Thanks Nick for identifying the problem, but what's the solution? You know, so the first thing we do is, and you guys, I know you guys know this is I'm like, are you sleeping? Oh, and this, and, hmm. and let's take the veteran thing out of this. Everybody in their life, every Dang. civilian, anybody goes through a transition. You can get divorced. You can get fired from a job. You can lose a child. There's, you know, there's a million things that can happen to a human being in their, in their 80 something years of life. 
and you're going to go through a transitional period. And guess what? Those steps are almost identical to what you're going to go through. So what happens? You stop sleeping, you get depressed, blah, blah, blah. You get out of shape. You know, your whole life starts crumbling. So the first thing I say is, are you sleeping? Well, no. Okay. Well, we know what happens to your health when you're not sleeping. What happens to your hormones? What happens to your dopamine? What happens to your, you know, your testosterone and your human growth and everything that makes you alive? It all stops. So mission one is we're going to get a good night's sleep. And that whole day, your whole day, your whole life, your, everything that you do, your passion in life might be just revolve around going to bed at night. That would be epic. <laughs> and, and, that's, and there's a lot of people that have to start there. Right. They got to start when they wake up, they set their whole day up to where they go to bed at the end of the night. They, they know this. They're, they're setting themselves up. And Jeff Nichols talks about sleep protocols in this exact same way. Oh, bro. When he told me about his thing, when he got out, uh, you know, where he was at, man, he said he was getting four hours of REM sleep a week, dude, a week, man. And, and I, I just can't imagine that. So, so that's, that's step one. Step two is we're going to get healthy and fit. And I don't mean, I don't mean Marine Raider, Marine Recon, Navy SEAL, Special <laughs> Forces fit. I just mean a healthy American. <laughs> all i mean is that you're eating healthy and you're doing some sort of physical activity i don't mean you have to go lift weights you can go surf paddleboard hike ride a bike i don't give a shit but you're doing some sort of physical activity and you're doing this on a regular basis you're creating a program for yourself to have a healthier lifestyle because we know and i know you talk about it yourself when that happens dopamine starts going up Boom. you take you take your shirt off in the mirror when you're showering. You're like, damn, I look, I look sexy. You don't look any different, but the mind tells you that you're, you're really you look better. You know, like, oh, babe, check this shit out. Perception like, is reality. <laughs> so, and that starts to happen. And you know, I take guys and I'll actually bring them into my home. We'll do. A, we have a two week, you know, kind of recovery um, program that we run here in my own house. And wow. so I bring them in, I get them sleeping, I put them on a physical, it's nothing special. You know, I put them on a military timeline, you know, and then, you know, they're because they're comfortable with that. Wake up at this time, breakfast is at this time, PT's at this time, you're going to go see the shrink at this time, you're going to go do the, I love you it. know, the, so it was a deprivation tank, you know, you're going to do all these different things. And by eight o'clock, they're on the couch doing this. Out, out, out. Hmm. out. And they're like, I don't understand what's going on. It's because you're not sitting on your couch all day. You've been busy. You've been working your ass off all day. <laughs> so we get them fit. Within two or three days, they're like, man, you see a smile. They're starting to smile. They're starting to feel good. God bless. So then that's so that's two. Three, after that, once you're stable, right? Once you're stable, that's time to find your passion. And that's really that that's the thing that I push is find something that you're passionate about. And that can change. But initially, go out there and find something. When you wake up in the morning, what do you – don't chase money. Don't think about money like, well, I have to do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do this for my family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, that's a mentality that is not correct. People think, well, I have to do this, and I need to do this. I don't say, what do you need to do? What do you want to do? Don't chase the money because all that stuff will come. I promise you. I believe it. I see it. It's happened in my own life. Don't chase it. It will come to you, but you have to follow what is what gets you out of bed and what you're passionate about. How many if it's times have we heard that on the show? Helping kids. Mm -hmm. If it's being an accountant, if you wake up and you're like, I'm going to go crush some numbers in books. <laughs> that's what gets you going. 
then that's what it is. And your passion initially could be going to sleep at night. That could be step one. You know, your passion could be getting fitness and you stay in the fitness world for the rest of your life. But eventually, once you get stable, and what I've seen is the reason why I break it down this way is because I can get a, a vet gets out, right? And he, I, we can get him a job. You know, that's great. But if he's not stable, he's not sleeping, he's not mm-hmm. healthy, he's not going to thrive, and he's not going to be successful. So there's no sense in getting him a job or putting him up and going to step three and trying to find your passion until you are healthy and stable. Amen. Mm. I love that. It's just, you know, when you think about healthy and stable and its simplicity, and but when you're in that dark space, man, your framework of what that means you're, you're just clouded because of your own despair or your anger. And you, you just can't see through that, you know, and it's a thin veil, but it's 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 a fog. Yeah. You can't see through it. And when you just clear it out, like like those winds of, of health, just blow that around, man, you can start to see it. How do you, Nick, how do you help people discover passion within themselves because i know one of the great challenges and we talk about this we hear it all the time from from on on the show and then we chat with each other all the time about it is how do you help people get going right to start searching for that passion i i have yet to find a person that i've needed to once they've gone through once they've become healthy and stable. Really? It just, it gets, it's like the light goes bing. Well, like when that fog clears and they mm. start thinking about things, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I, I got out of the military. I got out of the military. And then what does every good special operations guy do when he gets out of the military? Drinks heavily. Well, <laughs> oh, contract, contracting. Contracting, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what every good special operations guy does. So let's go <laughs> contracting. And then when you're done contracting, what do you do? Well, I started training consultant business (laughs) while you're drinking. Well, drinking is the drinking's been happening this entire time, Dave. Come on, (laughs) it was a little more intense with me. I'm saying I think it might be. So you know, you start. I started. You know, I I contracted. Then I started training consulting company. And these are things that I did because they're status quo to what I knew, what I thought I knew. Right. Right. So it wasn't to. Hey, well, I'm going to go and do, I'm going to get sleeping. So from 2009 to 2014, I didn't sleep. Wow. 2014, I started sleeping. Um, wow. Actually, and that's because of uh, Dr. Uh, Kagan Randall, which marks, you know, very well. That's I when went, I started sleeping, 14. Really? Yeah, 14. Wow. So I went and saw him as a guinea pig because I said, well, this is probably good for the organization. I could probably start sending people here. And they called me and said, uh, sir, you need to come in on Saturday immediately. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm calling about for other people. They're like, yeah, that's cool. Can you come out on Saturday and be here for two weeks? Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really where like, that's really where things started to click for me. And I started to actually get, and it's something I still struggle with, but I, now I have a protocol of what to do and how to, you know, how to care. So that happened. I got healthy. I, you know, I started getting fit got the pain out of my body and then, um, a couple years ago, I ended up on a television show and completely embarrassed myself, but that's okay. Ah, that's the best, though, when you do that. That's what you're supposed to do on TV. <laughs> I do it all the time. Best. A couple million people. I drove, I, drove a knife, I drove a knife through my hand on 
national television. Awesome. So, yeah. Shit happens. It does, uh, dude. I mean, you keep a straight motto. face and just look at him and like, yeah, it's, you know, it's something we should do back in the core. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's part of our platoon in doc. <laughs> you don't do this. <laughs> the only problem is I severed I severed three tendons and a nerve, and I was in I was oh. 24 hours into the jungle, and it was a 24 hour evac, and it was a oh big my ordeal. God. It made the show though. He says the most exciting thing that ever happened on the show. So, um. I think I remember hearing a, what was the name of that show? Trailblazers from Discovery Trailblazer. Channel. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. hearing about yeah, that. That's awesome. The yeah, Marine Raider has a knife through his hand. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> like one of your guys stabbed Whoa, himself. Dude, we've all got <laughs> claims to fame, dude. And, and, and it's usually not pretty. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. That's right. different so, ways to get recognized. You know, <laughs> some people do sex tapes. Some people stab themselves. Just whatever <laughs> brings it up, man. Let's get it going. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, um, dude. The experience, I actually just talked to one of the producers. They're doing a new show, and he was talking to me about doing something new. So, um, But because of that experience, I fell in love with um, the creativity side of telling stories, cool. film production and that sort of thing. And I've always been a big – even as a kid, I was a big movie fan. Um, I just liked – and I, even as a kid, I was able to break down the story in the movie and like – you know, understand the different parts of production and that sort of thing. Darks, man. The narratives. Yeah, the acts, bro. And yeah. this is what I found with veterans as, all, as well as once they're stable and healthy, a lot of vets gravitate towards art and, cre- and creation, creating something. And, it, and I think that's a, another healthy therapy to be able to do. And But you have to get there, right? Oh, so- it's a process. I mean, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I I do a very similar thing. When I got a vet that's struggling, one of the first things I make them do is I write a poem. And they look at me like I got nine eyes, right? And they're like, I've never never wrote a poem in my whole life. I said, well, you're going to do it now, dude. I look like I write poetry. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) You'll like this. So I had a guy at a recon Marine, and he's going to welding school. And he's like, oh man, I'm gonna get out. I'm, I, I'm gonna, I got my welding machines from school and everything, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all these like pop up targets and the steel. I'm gonna cut steel and do all this shooting stuff. And I was like, yeah, cool, bro. So instead of that, <laughs> that's a good plan. I mean, people need that. Those are good things. Um, but instead of that, could you weld? Okay, you know how to do that, right? Yeah. Okay. Could you weld an eight foot sunflower? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, huh? He's thinking about it. He's like, yeah, I can, I can fucking do that. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> no, ever done one? No, but I'll figure it out. So he did. He does it, and he said it was the most dear, like, therapeutic like experience because he was creating something from nothing. Yeah, a steel target, echo mm. silhouette target. He already knew it was yep. a part of like you know, not to sound total hippie, but like death and destruction and. It was more of the same. It was more of the same of, of where he had been and, mm. and not where he was going. He was holding on to something in the past. And this mm. created this this made him like think outside of that and grow and say, okay, let's I can now I can see more opportunities. Um, but so since so since then I actually uh, started film school about eight months ago. Yeah. Talk to us about the Robin Hood project, bud. 
Oh yeah. So so we so basically because of you know YouTube and everything, we've been producing videos on our own. You know, we've got a bunch of projects that I'm working on with you know big TV and Hollywood. Um, but you know, we wanted to do it ourselves too. I think in this day and age, if you got if you can be creative, have be passionate, and have a cell phone and have access to the internet, you're dangerous. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and and if you've got a backstory. Mm-hmm and a background in stories and appreciation. We talked about this last night, man. You know, we were talking about, you know, you get a, a bunch of platoon guys or team guys or whoever together and the stories and the narratives, right? Oh, well, just imagine if when you start doing that, when you start making the film and, and they don't work like we do. Nick and then put that movie together in half the time that it took to make a, a normal movie up in Hollywood. because they Absolutely. Just, it's all with the boom there's nothing holding them up and that's yep. starting to gain traction i mean slowly you hear that forty-eight thousand nonprofit charities those came online because our generation and the generation follows man they covet their vets they want to help in any way they can that is awesome and then i think as time goes by they're starting to uh, align and melt together and you're seeing a pattern of of guys getting out and that other creative side coming out when they put away the the, the gun right yep. it's just like an old Samurai or, or warrior, when you get back, your your sword and your shield go up, right? You Absolutely. break out the gardening tools. I, I built a chicken house a couple of summers ago, oh, man. it's horrible. And, and it's horrible. I mean, it it, looks, it's horrible. I love it's like it. like a Picasso, right? I, I had all the old wood laying behind the barn, and I got started on it, and I couldn't stop. I tried to come in and lay down. I'd just be dreaming about that, that crooked board on that chicken house to drive one more nail in it. Hey, it's solid, right? That's it like is a, solid. solid. I will give you that. There Two are stories, four, got a four million yeah. nails in it. <laughs> it, it is solid. I dog, man. <laughs> and uh, that was a great part because you know team guys, man, and SF guys, we have all the robust tools known to man. That's the first thing you do, right? When you get out, you buy every damn tool. <laughs> and you get that big barreled sniper rifle when you want to go hunting. No one is too damn heavy to carry to chase a deer. <laughs> the biggest chainsaw you can find. And then you work backwards. It's funny with us, man. But uh, learn that the hard way. And then I got to the point where I would, if I would be doing something instead of just muscling through it like we normally do, we get oh, don't worry, I'll fix it. That thing, I was like, wait, I got a tool for this. Hold on, I'll be right back. Go, you know, that's that coming out in you. And it really just took my mind. I didn't think about anything else. Right. Nothing else, man. I, you know, I was in the best mood ever. You did. Right. So, Nick, what other questions? Did you even answer the question well, we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, you did. Uh, it was perfect. <laughs> I blacked out. What happened? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way you debate. Yeah. Um, so you, you you get these guys, these people, in the, and they find their passion. They develop the creativity. In that next phase, what do you start seeing happen to them in the greater context of servitude? I mean, it's it's different for everybody. But, I mean, I see people like families get created I, I see life. This is what I see. A life happens. Yes. A, a real life. Not, not, it's like what, what Marcus said is like, you can kind of like in a life, you can kind of create multiple lives. Like he had one between, you know, zero to 40 and then 40 and after. And that's what I see. It's a chapter in a book. I see a cha- I see a chapter close and I see a chat, a new chapter open. It's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be multiple chapters in, in your book of life. Don't Amen. let somebody else write it. You know, we on the first the first seminar, Vince Vargas said something that just struck me. He's like, you know what? I joined the military because I I didn't want to be the guy in the bar that didn't have any war stories to tell, right? <laughs> I love Vince, man. And then he goes, and then he goes, but now 
I don't want to be the dude in the bar that only has war stories to tell. Awesome. Amen. And I was awesome. just like, bingo. Bingo. That's it. I love it. I love it. Well, well uh, you know, just to bring up to uh, Ranger, when Ranger, uh, Range 15, man, when they were in the truck and they said that, uh, you know, it's like guys like that are the reason that the military has a bad name. And then he goes, well, guys like that are the reason I joined the military. <laughs> It's funny, right? We watch those badasses. They're the ones that stoke us up to get in there. And then we get in there like, shut your mouth, man. You cow- Shut up, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick. I, I, I love I really just the way you describe it, man. It, it What's crazy is that you make it seem so easy, right? Hey, and it is simple. And, and trying to pull people uh, away from um, complicating it, right? The darkness and the complication of darkness, the confusion of it is the great challenge. But once they're in the light, you know, that, that, that it's, it's that fuel, it's the fire. What, what do you recommend for people once they get through and they're living their life should what should they do? Do should they go out and start helping other people like you are? Should they remain focused in the development of their own thing? How important is it for us to help one another? So I I because of my life, I feel like I can never recommend you going out and working in the nonprofit world. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I take up that crusade, brother. <laughs> hold on, hold on tight, because you're going for a ride. Um, but most people do have this, you know, urge to give back. And, you know, I say, absolutely. It doesn't necessarily have to be a veteran issue. It can really be anything. I mean, one of my biggest passions is youth. I feel like if you can help one youth, that's better than helping 10 adults because I mean, that's just numbers. It's just factual numbers, you know, helping, helping one, you know, one or two youth, you know, is going to exponentially change the world that it is. If we if we try to fix a you know a fifty five year old broken man, not these not worth it. But I think our youth are uh, not getting looked at as much as they should. I love the video that you just put out the other day with that kid going into uh, boot camp, and and I was just thinking this morning I'm I was hammering the snot out of Marcus has these kids that come out to the ranch and all. Yeah, you know, all summer, and he turned a couple of them over to me this week, and I was just pummeling this morning and giving them the blade hand and telling them about failure and telling them about, you know, the the suck and the pain is what you want. And you look at, and man, I felt invigorated, right? I felt like I was connected. I, I, well, that's the best part. And another one of the things that we, we ultimately go through all the stuff that we go through is for the pass down. I mean, right. guys like us really don't have to, we don't need to read a book on being a parent or how to be a, a pass everything, man. We, we've lived it up and got the experience in it. And it, that was so much fun when I got a chance to start mentoring those the kids during the summertime and all the team guys and all my boys that roll in <laughs> all have the same background I do. And man, I just step back and let them deal with different circumstances. If they can deal with all the different pressures that these guys that come out here put on them during the workout and it's during the day. Then when they get out there, man, they're they're gonna survive. They're not I think, special I think forces self, guys. They're just it's trained up. Selfish us not to. We've it would be. It, I think mm-hmm. we've experienced this life that you know that not many people get to live. We've got more experience than than some people live in multiple lifetimes, right? 
And I think it would be selfish of us not to share that. And that's the reason why, like with my, with the YouTube and with the channel that we created and, and putting that kind of message out there, it gives me an opportunity to push positivity and to push that connection in a very dark world when people are, you know, in, in a dark way. Amen. And, you know, and, and that's the feedback that I've gotten is that exact thing, exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure those kids are stoked and it probably changes their life for the rest of their life. You know, and if you can do that and if I can do that by making one three minute video about positivity and mm. some kid because I'm a Marine Raider, some kid looks at it and goes, boom. And then, you know, I talked to this kid. He's like, yeah, I've been following you for a year and a half ever since you clowned Mount Rainier. It's what motivated me to do X, Y and Z. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the guys. A lot of us obviously have been fighting wars for a long time and coming back. Who's us? It's incumbent upon us to pass that down. And if you're out there and you're kid, you don't have a dad, you need some guidance or some uh, a way, to, a certain way to look at things, man. There's guys like us coming back and doing this. We'll we'll, we'll give it to you. So you're saying, you're saying if they don't have a dad, they don't they need this one. Come out to the ranch, you'll square them away. <laughs> it's a give and take. You know they work out here too. <laughs> oh, dude, these poor kids, man. I mean, they do. These they poor man, it's kids labor, are you know? I'm out death. there with them, so they can't complain, right? I can't. I just don't tell them to come back in the house. I'm out there getting. It. I love it. I love it. Well, Nick, man, dude, you are a special human being, brother. I just feel so privileged and honored for you to be on with us. Could before we get off, could you please just share? Um, just a couple, you know, pieces of wisdom to help people get in the fight to just a couple things that you think about day in and day out that'll push people off the couch, that'll push people, that'll help them kind of see that, you know, dwindling light on the horizon in their fog to just get them going. Can just a few things could you share that you think about regularly? Absolutely. And it's, I do it in my own, my own day. If, if, if there's something in your life that's negative, cut it out. Bam! I love that. If it's a negative, it gives you, if you wake up and you deal with a certain subject and it gives you this like gnarly, gross trash feeling and it stinks and it makes your stomach turn and it makes you sick, you cut it out. If it's a person, if it's a situation, if it's a job, you cut it out like the cancer it is mm. and you walk away from it and you never look back. And then that's, you move on. That's and then glorious. That, and then once that happens, once that happens, you start creating small habits. And you, if what your if your life is not the way that you want it, the only person that can change that is you. So start changing mm -hmm. it one day at a time. Make one different habit. Get up, get dressed, and show up. Oh, I love it, brother. God bless you. Hey, dude, can can you tell everybody, our listeners? where they can find you, what you got coming up, where they can watch you, how they can follow you, man. And, and can you just share a little where, where you're at out there for people? So we're, we're um, I mean, my, if you can figure out how to spell my name, <laughs> you're set. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, Nick Kumalatos and then, you know, YouTube is the thing that we're pushing right now. Cause I want to share that content with people that positive content. And then of course, uh, website, which all things drive, drive there. So awesome. That is that is how to get a hold of me. And, and he's uh, on all social media sites too. He's on Instagram and Twitter, right? All there. Trying to follow your lead with the positivity on Instagram, man. I'm trying to trying to push it out there. Oh, brother, dude, it, dude, that's all I got, man. If I start my day with that daily dose and it puts my mind in the right frame, 
and the rest, man, of the day. For the rest yeah. of the day, dude. And and that's why when I get on and when I flip the switch or when the wizard flips the switch on this and Marcus sits down and you, I see your face. And, and by the way, I just want you to know, dude, and, and my last 10 months been through some really, you know, tough things personally, but the hair is, is you're the inspiration, bro. I want you to know that the hair <laughs> going the hair long is all about Nick, dude. I don't know if I can pull the long beard off cause it's getting like old man. I'd be like the Santa Claus guy instead of like the hard dude. Melly <laughs> made me get a haircut. I had mine. You gotta grow that out, I had, bro. I had Come the, on. The good deployment. Uh, it gets main going on, right? The whole down, the whole thing going. She's like, you "Cut that crap! Can't handle soap opera." Oh, well, Nick, no, no self-respecting Texan's gonna have a bunch of long hair. <laughs> That's a real thing, right? I'm, you, know, you walk up, yeah, well, the, sheriff, the sheriff, I'd be like, "What's up with that hair?" <laughs> Nick, thank you so much, brother. Thank God you bless so you and everything you're doing, man. And hopefully, we can get you back on in a year when. When you're really just crushing it again, even more. Thank you, sir. Yeah, best of the family, too, brother. Take care, sir. God bless. Take care. Brother, you know what I love, dude, more than anything in this world, is with a fellow brother from our, our community, from the brotherhood, redirects their life in such a positive way that it is a force of nature, brother. And nothing is going to get in his way. Nothing is going to stop him from doing what he loves to do. That, in my right. opinion, is what, not just for us, right? Not just, it's not just for us. Everybody should feel that passion. Everybody should get into the game like that. Everybody should follow that that mindset. I don't know sure. if there's enough people out there that really realize the just how beneficial, how good it feels to help someone. Oh, you get so focused in helping yourself, doing what you got to do, making the day to day, get these things done, your priorities, so to speak, that you say, "Oh, that's kind of a luxury I'll do when I have time." And then, well, you don't have time to do it, so you don't really discover, or a lot of people, I don't think, experience just how valuable and rewarding that is. Servitude. And that's obviously why he's dedicating the time to do it. He's got a lot of shit to do. If it wasn't, if he didn't get that reward out of it, I don't think he'd be doing it. Yeah. Or if he didn't find it to be really, really important. And well, I've heard a couple of times the guys who make the transition out, just like we made the transition in, you don't know what to do, right? You kind of money. That's the first kind of deal. And he's like, man, that'll come. We we talked about that. Just yeah. get out there and and redirect that that focus that you had getting in into whatever it whatever. And most of the time we hadn't even looked. You're just so concentrated on on the on that job and your your boys. And if you got a family, I mean that's that's kind of the toughest thing too. I, I would imagine reintegrated. Just man, you're in, you're out. Oh, bro, my I, my last day, dude. I literally no one at the team was around, and I've talked about this before. No one was there. Kind of a sad story, actually. It is. It's a pathetic story, but it's so common. They dude. were there. They were just hiding. Right? It, you, you were, I mean. That's cruel. Dude, I, they, I, is that true? Marcus. You knew. Oh. You knew. Oh. That's no probably true. And was deployed. Dude, you, you just broke cruise. my heart, dude, right there. I, every, I'm going to call my buddies that <laughs> were in those. Were you right. guys just hiding in the high base? Is Rut gone? <laughs> is Rut gone yet? <laughs> 
Oh, thank God. That was the most miserable eight years of our lives. I can't take that level of energy anymore. Uh, oh, you think I was bad because I wasn't positive that I was just was high say, energy not, and it's, negative. It's, yeah, different, right? Yeah, it was a diff- <laughs> different tone. It was a high energy negativity, right? Yeah, but when you had the guys that get out and, and kind of figure it out and they push on that path like to help, guy, help guys getting out, like Morgan. I got Jeff. You're talking about oh, Jeff. All yeah. those guys, man, they just kind of were reintegrating ourselves back in the civilian world, you know, with each other that's that's the greatest part about well, it man what what the reboot program what morgan started what what jeff and his partners at virginia high performance are doing for people what nick is doing with the raider project and his companies it really is this and and what, what kills me is there are a lot of veterans out there trying to do similar things or doing it but they're throwing so much hatred out at each other talking smack about other veterans, trying to rip them apart, trying to bring them down. I don't like that. We, you know, there's plenty of people, there's plenty of room, there's plenty of place to uh, places to apply positivity in our lives, right? You can never, this is one of the things I live by, right, Wizard? You can never be too positive. You can never apply too much positivity in your life. Now, I see Hmm. what you're thinking there. I'm really trying to find an exception to that. (laughs) Now, granted, there are certain serious circumstances where you don't want to be bouncing off the walls, but you can can thread positivity in a bunch of different tones, in a bunch of different ways, whether it's a heartfelt hug or it's me bouncing off the walls, man. When you apply positivity, whether it's through positive pain, whether it's through you know high degrees of emotional intelligence whether it's just through positive psychology man you know you can make an impact in other people's lives it's it I, works i got a question for you send it so my retort to that was be so positive that you're unrealistic about this what's going on around you and therefore make an incorrect decision but i'm not going to go there that's oh, not no. my question that's not my question my question and i want to ask you this is how does a person maintain positivity as well as a realistic perception of what's going on around them? Well, I mean, if if you're getting, if someone's just standing there slapping you in the face, you can't just say, no one's slapping me in the face. That's not happening. You know what I mean? So how does a person do both? So, so uh, let me reference one of our guests, right? Charlie Plum mm-hmm. in Vietnam, Hanoi Hilton for 2,103 days was was beaten, tortured multiple times, watched his friends die in there. And the guy, every, was like, I'm getting out on Christmas. I'm getting out on Easter. I'm getting out here. So as you're getting the beat down, in between, as you reset your consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Set it in the framework of positivity. The beating is going to end. When the beating's over, I'm going to use the pain I feel as a driver. The fear I fear that might be coming from the next beating that's happening tomorrow, I'm going to use that fear as a motivator to get myself out of the situation that I'm receiving the beatdown from Mm -hmm. and create a new pathway for myself. And what you said, too, about servitude is essential. If I've and I this is what I preach constantly, man. When you apply yourself towards serving others, new pathways present themselves. Look at us mm. right now, bro. Look at the three of us, dude. 
We've been doing this show for a little over a year, you you know, coming up. In that year, we have reached 2.5 million. 2.7. There 2.7 million people. Yes, sir. Yes. Right? We had this week 64,000 people listen to our shows to find a dose of positivity for their lives, man. You asked me that when I was getting out of the teams in 2003, I would have said, you know, <laughs> go pack sand, idiot. I'm, that's In fact, one of my one of my buddies said, hey, Rod, dude, you ought to go be a motivational. I was like, screw you. Motivational speakers don't drop the F-bomb every five seconds, right? But I, I was listening when we asked him you know, a piece of advice and to kind of address the question, which I'm like, man, you're in this situation, always show positivity, but you're getting slapped in the face. And he's like, hey, you just cut it off and, and, and go around it or get rid of it. And I kept thinking about, I was like, man, there's some things that you're in that you can't get out of and they're going to be miserable. But the positive aspect that you back, back it away from it, right? And you do what you need to do to get through the situation, right? Amen. Even if it's bad. That, that's, that's where the, what we're talking about is like, man, I'm, this, this is, and that's what helps with friends. The, the teammates going through buds and all that crap like that, man. Hmm. Taking it on yourself, on the chin all the time. Yeah, man, you know, but afterwards... You know, if you even if you didn't get beat down, man, well, it, it is over. Take the lesson you learned from it, and then push forward. And if you're in that situation, it, it, you know it, it's tough every single day. Even when you know you're going into it, man, you back it up and, and have that attitude like, well, I'm prepped for it. Maybe today a little bit easier, mm-hmm. and then it will be. And then someday it's gonna be harder. You know how it works, man. Like we'll have one of them days mm-hmm. like, whew, that seemed easy. <laughs> Remember? And then, and the then you're like, like, no, <laughs> shut down, dude. Just drop that hammer on you. Like, ooh. <laughs> so what I what I'm hearing is that you don't ignore the negativity. You oh. just refuse to allow it to inform your attitude. You refuse to let it inform Brace your it the, uh, inform your Brace decisions right, right cha- and, and change your attitude. Not that you ignore it, but you Can't seek that it. positivity and then apply it to your attitude. And like you said, you learn from the situation after you go through it, and then that's. A positive aspect of it. Man, you just kind of embrace this, whatever, you, this is what I had to be going through to get to, to be a teen guy or to get to be a doctor or a lawyer accountant or to get out of this this Just hole. to be happy. Yeah, right? I got to go through this to find happiness. How bad this is, the good side, the, the opposite end, right? This, when you get slung back on, you have something to measure it off of. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm having a good time because last week I wasn't. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <what> I was <laughs> doing. <laughs> Definitely a reference point. Right, exactly. I mean, is definitely gotta, a good reference point. That's part about life when you're getting older, man. You know you had them good times because you got those bad ones to weigh it off of. Listen. And that requires positive mental management. Going back to what Plum said, he obviously was very aware of what he was thinking. It wasn't just he naturally was inclined to be that way. He used techniques. He, it, was a, it was a very conscious mental approach. And, and that's what Nick was saying, too. Right, and obviously, right, and when, like with his seven stages of transition, that's a very well thought out um, process. Even though we started, we only got into about three of those. But if you want to know more about that, you're listening. Go watch Nick's video on the seven stages of transition, and just don't think of yourself. Oh, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not a Marsoc Marine or a SEAL, or whatever. Just apply the concepts to mm. anything you're going in life. That's the beauty of this information. It is not prejudicial to military surface whatsoever. And that's what you mm. got to realize. That's what we're all here trying to do. That's what the wizard Marcus and I are trying to do for you. 
That's why we're on mm-hmm. this show. That's our mission is to help expose you to all these amazing human beings that are just like you, but have made conscientious choices to get into the fight of life and struggle and go through the challenges. And if that's you, man, thank you for coming here. Thank you for finding us. We feel very grateful that you have tuned in. We feel very blessed that you stopped and you you actually were conscientious saying to yourself, wow, I am going to listen to this show to receive information with an open mind, an open heart that changes me, that potentially changes my whole life. And for that, we're blessed. We're grateful. And if you've come back again and again, man, obviously we we can't tell you enough. We ask that you go out and tell somebody you know who needs help. Whatever shows your favorite, if it's Goggins, if it's it's, uh, Tim Kennedy's, if it's Nick's, if it's, you know, whoever it might be, share that with them. Get involved with them. Have a discussion. And if you are so inclined that this stokes and provokes something inside you that you want to be a part of the Team Never Quit community, visit our website at tnqpodcast.com and write in and share your story with us. Please. Because we will, we're going to post these stories on the net that to create a catalog of, of, of perseverance and through adversity, as Nick likes to call it. And if this, if they're good, we're going to read them. If they're great, Marcus. Bring them on. So I want to segue into one of these stories because Wizard found just an amazing one for us. This is from Jonathan. First off, I want to thank each of you for what you do. You and your guests have showed me what the never quit mindset is all about. My story is not as nearly as hard as others. And for me to even qualify my story as hard seems to be a stretch. From a college student on Friday to a cop on Monday, it was a transition that, yes, I wanted, but could not fathom the responsibility that came with. The scenes that I have been involved in and the close calls that I've had are a lot more for most to handle. Like holding a dying child where you know that there is nothing That can be done. But when you try and bring back life anyways. Or taking the slack out of a trigger. About ready to shoot somebody. Holding a knife to his wife. But you know he has an undiagnosed mental condition. And he is unaware of what he's doing. Or reviving the same person week after week. Who's chosen that there's nothing better in life. Than getting a $10 high. The career I've chosen is the one I've always wanted since before age of five. And so I'm thankful for that. I've been able to fulfill a dream for the past seven years, becoming a SWAT team member, a medic, a sniper, and a field training officer. However, I was not mentally prepared for what else came with the job. From the death scenes and suicides to the countless domestics and incidents amongst other calls, It was hard work to keep a positive attitude day in and day out. It drew me down a dark path. Then, in April of 2015, I was involved in a serious motorcycle accident. From the broken teeth, 
jaw, a grade three concussion I sustained as the result of the accident. The ability to go down that dark path became even easier. Another grade three concussion a few months after that, and the path was clear. I came so close to giving up on myself. Mark Lee's letter home is one of the reasons why I am still here. Quote, so to all my friends and family, do me a favor and pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life to each other so that when your children come into contact with a great conflict that we are now faced with here in Iraq, that they are people of humanity, of pure motives and compassion, end quote. His words resonated throughout me and still continue to do. The biggest reason in aiding my recovery, however, is my wife. We have separated after being married for four years, but I have found again what drew me to her. I could not have done that without your help, especially the help of Taya Kyle. When she said during her episode that she would just want to relive the decade before this one so she could just have Chris around made me think of my life. I began to think of the reasons why I was drawn to her in the first place. We are continuing to work on things and I'm hoping to get back together with her. In June of 2017, I enlisted in the United States Army as a combat medic specialist and my wife was there to see me swear in. I cannot wait to see what the future brings her and I. It's easy to go down that deep, dark hole. Sometimes all all it takes to get out is just to stop for a minute and think of your purpose. Thank you to Taya for the insight and Mark Lee for your thoughts and saving lives of many other people out there even after your passing. Marcus and David and your other hosts and guests for your continued service to the people of your country and to my wife who deserves the most credit out of anyone. From the missed family events, holidays, and other occasions, thank you for being there day in and day out for me. You have never changed nor gave up on me. I love you. Jonathan, thank you so much for writing that in. It's your letter and the letters of other people that send in that prove to all of us, to Marcus, to Wizard and I, that the human condition is strong, it's powerful, it's present. And as long as you can get out of your own way and recognize that the dark is not all-consuming, it's not permanent, and that you can find the light through the people who care most about you and the people you love most, there is no end to what you can accomplish in life. Thank you for writing in. Thanks for your service, brother. And man, yeah, man. I don't thank yeah. my wife. Boy, that, it's one of them deals, man. It's just kind of, when someone loves you, it is, man, they just love you. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. That's that strong kind of, allows you to do anything. Comfort, like a blanket, and never take off. So, honey, thanks for that, too. And Nick, bro, man, way to carry the line and keep pushing forward. Hopefully we can, we'll team up with you eventually, man, and we'll get all these boys squared away and back on their path and, do the right thing. Walk tall, right? Amen. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Everybody keeps coming back and listening to us, man. We owe you everything. Thank you for that. I'm out. Out. Out.